Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to see you all today. Welcome. Uh, We are on week two of our series on tension, dealing with the tensions in our life. Last week we talked about tension in politics, and um, we're still dealing with some of that tension. So we thought, how could we get your mind off of that? So we're going to talk about money. No way can we get your mind off that faster than talking about money and the tension we deal with with finances. And what is Jesus have to say to us about finances. You know, money is one of those things that we all deal with. We deal with it from uh, kids all the way to adults. We deal with not having enough, wanting more. And the tension that's within there, how do we get the things that we want and we're struggling with the amount of money that we have to accomplish those or the, uh, the lack of money or people want more money or they want it from you and And it's a tension that we deal with. But yet God in his word has an intention for us to understand freedom within this aspect of finance. That we don't have to get all uptight and deal with the tension, but we can walk in freedom when we understand God's word and his plan when it has to deal with our money. So today we're going to talk about what Jesus has to say about it first. So Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21 And it says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's not really difficult to understand that truth that Jesus said, where our treasure is, our heart's going to be. The very things that are treasures to us, the things that we invest the most of our time, our finances in, is typically the thing that's going to have our heart. And so you can begin to think about those. You could take a look at somebody's you know, bank, uh, bank statement and realize the things that are their treasures because it's the things that they're spending money on, whether it's a hobby or interest, uh, maybe a sports team. Um, uh, that's a big one. You buy season tickets, you get the uniform, you get all those things, and you put your treasure in there, and you know your heart's there because then the Sonics leave Seattle and it breaks our heart because we had our treasure there. We put our interest there. So Jesus talks about the heart and how essential it is that he wants our heart because it's all about the heart and it's all about understanding our motivation and keeping things in proper perspective. So let's talk about the heart for a moment and what Jesus is trying to bring us and what God tried to bring us from the very beginning, even over in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, I'm going to read with you verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Oh, let me reread that. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. You see, God wants our heart. He wants our heart. And as we come to this relationship with Jesus and we come to this journey and when you first invited Jesus into your life, for those who have, and you made that prayer and you said, Lord, I invite you into my life to be my savior, to be my God, to forgive me of my sins and 
And I oftentimes pray this prayer with people. And as much as I know how, I make you Lord of my life. Because really, when you come to that very beginning, you don't know all the pieces. But then as you come to relationship with Jesus, you begin to realize the things that are changing in you. And how your perspective changes and how you begin to give him your heart because you begin to give him your treasure because God wants our heart, but ultimately God wants our trust. He wants us to be able to trust him. He wants us to be able to say, I trust you, God, with my heart, with my life, with my family, with my marriage. God wants us to lean on his wisdom. Well, how do we develop that trust? How does God develop trust in us to him? How does he get us to that point that we can say, yes, I've learned to trust in God. Well, one of the ways he does that, you can see later in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, and it says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. God shows us a principle that he put in his word to help develop the trust. It's in giving, receiving, and prospering. There's a process there that we come to and we come to understand what it is to give, what it is to receive from God, and what it is to prosper and to understand why he wants us to come to that point. So let's start with the first, giving. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Now obviously there's an agricultural term there and easy for a farmer to understand and maybe not so much for us who don't do farming. But we need to understand what giving is about. You see, giving activates divine law that releases the work of God in our private world. Giving activates that for us. And so how do we honor God with our wealth, with the first fruits? Well, let's understand that. We got to go back to the book of Malachi, or for our Italians in the room, Malachi. Malachi, chapter 3 and verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you, God? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that, you'll not be, that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines of the field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So God says, if you will do this, then I will do this. All through the scripture, God puts those, those challenges to us. If you will do this, then I will do this. So this particular passage of scripture speaks to a principle of giving first fruits, of giving your tithe giving our tithe to God. Now, the nation of Israel was struggling in famine at the time, and they couldn't figure out why God's blessing wasn't there. They were making sacrifices, and yet the challenge was they were giving God's second best. They weren't truly giving him the tithe, and so God confronts them with this passage, and he says, listen, would you rob me? Yet, yet you're robbing me in tithes and offerings. And then he says these words that he only says at this one place in all scripture. Test me in this. Test me. 
And see if I won't open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing you can't contain it. It's kind of symbolically, you kind of see God kind of come alongside of mankind and he kind of puts his arm around man and he kind of tugs him in and says, listen, I know how difficult it is to test me with stuff. And I know how your treasure, the money that you have, and I know that you work hard for what you have, and I know you're struggling with this principle. But listen, test me in this and see if I won't bless you if you'll commit your first fruits to me. Test me. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a wild understanding when God actually, full of God, full of power and authority, actually brings us to that point. So in essence, what he says is if you have 10 bills here, then let's say this represents 100% of what you have. God says, listen, of all the 100% that you have, I want you to take 10% and give it to me as an offering. Really give it to me as a statement of trust. I mean, if God had to live off my 10%, we're in trouble. But it's not about the 10%. It's about an expression of trust. He goes, you give me the 10%, and here's what I'll do. I'll put my hand on the 90% you have, and I'll bless it. And that 90% will go farther than 100% would have gone without my blessing. That's incredible when you begin to consider. He says, listen, all I want you to do is trust me. And if you'll trust me with the 10, if you'll bring your first fruit as an expression of worship and trust, and you give that, then I'll put my hand on the 90 and it will go farther. So literally what he's saying is, listen, your 90% with my blessing will go farther than 100% cursed. 90% with my blessing will go farther than 100% cursed. Because when we take 100% and we don't give God anything, here's what we're saying. is, you know, God, I think I can do this better than you can. So I think I'm going to do it on my own. And here's the incredible grace of God. He'll sit there and go, okay. He'll take his hand off our 90, and he'll come over here, and he'll just sit and wait. All right, go ahead. Go ahead and try it. And here's what we find. We find ourselves in this place when all we have is this cursed 100%, and we find ourselves wanting. I was in college, and I was uh, going out with this girl right around Christmas time, and and, um, there was this particular perfume that that she liked and so I thought I'll get it for her for Christmas so I was in a hurry I go to the department store and I buy this I I put it on my card and and uh rush out of the store and so you know a couple weeks later was Christmas and so I give her this this gift and she opens this gift and her eyes get big and she's like wow I can't believe you got me this and I'm thinking to myself as she's opening it and and saying these things I'm thinking well it was like only you know, 25 bucks. I'm thinking, wow, I guess I must be a good shopper, you know. And, and um, so then I, uh, afterwards I went back to my dorm and uh, I pull out the receipt and I look at the receipt and I realize what I thought was $25 was $250. Now, I should have asked for it back because I didn't marry her. So, you know, it's not. And yet here I am, Stuck with this $250 charge. A couple weeks later, I get the bill, and I got to pay this bill, and I'm like, oh, how am I going to, I don't have the money, and I thought, oh, I I remember, I have, I had an envelope on my desk that had my tithe money in it, and I thought, I'll just borrow that money and pay this bill. I'll, I'll pay it back. I'll pay the tithe back, and 
So I took it and I paid the bill off and only for a couple weeks later comes by and I got my school bill due and uh, I don't have the money. I don't have all the money that I need to pay this bill. And, and, and I usually have it and I, and I couldn't figure out what's going on and, and it's just like there's just a lack that was happening and so I start to pray. I'm going, God, you got to help me out. I don't know why I don't have enough money to pay this school bill and you got to help me, God. And I began to pray and and, you know, a lot of students at, at Northwest, I, was, I went to Northwest University, and, you know, they would pray for God to pay their school bill, and they'd go to their mailbox, and there'd be a gift, and then it would be, you know, just enough, and I remember I'd go to my mailbox thinking, okay, God, this is the day you're going to bring provision, and I, I would, you know, I'd approach my mailbox like it was the lottery, and, and I would open it up, and there'd be nothing but more bills. So I'm praying, I remember being in my room praying one day, going, God, you got to help me out with this. I don't know, I'm going to have to pay this bill. I'm going to have to quit school. If I can't pay this bill, they're going to kick me out. And, and there was a knock at the door. So I go to the door, and there's a guy there who was on my floor, and he helped secure jobs for people. He goes, hey, uh, I got a company looking for some people for the next couple of weekends to work, and you know anybody needing a job? And I'm like, oh, I already got a job. I'm, I'm good. And So then I close the door, and I go back to pray, God, you got to help me out. And then as soon as I prayed that prayer again, the Holy Spirit says to me, uh, I did help you out. I just brought him to your door. And I remember the first thought in my mind was, yeah, God, but that's work. I just want blessing. And I was like, oh, God. All right, Lord. So I go get the guy. I'll take the job. And I worked the next couple weekends. And I got myself out of this pickle. But what was interesting is I found myself at that point realizing that what I did was in that moment when I had the appetite to buy and, and things that I probably shouldn't have been buying. And I said in that moment, okay, God, I don't think you need that tithe the money as much as I do, so I'm going to go ahead and take it and, and do my thing. But remember, the moment we do that, God takes his hand off of our 90 and he says, go ahead, you can do it yourself. If you think you're smart enough to do it, go ahead. If you think you can do it without trusting me, go ahead. He said, test me in this. And so we realize that this giving principle is a principle of understanding that as we give to God, he meets our needs. I lived in Puyallup for a period of time and the rain had come down one season and had flooded the bottom of my house, underneath my house. And I had no heat. I called the heating guy to come out. And he says, yeah, all your ductwork under your house is full of water. You're going to have to get new ductwork. And, and I remember, uh, saying, well, how much is that going to be? And he hands me a bill for, you know, $850 to fix this. And so he leaves, and I'm looking at this, this uh, bill. I'm looking under the house, and I'm just frustrated because I don't have an extra $850. And, and I was so angry, and I remember saying, God, I'm tithing. And now, Lord, and I remember shaking this bill, and you got a bill because everything I have is yours. This is your house. This is your bill. A couple days later, I go to my mailbox and open it up, and there's a, a check in there for a refund that I had on a, on a loan. And it was $850. Looked at that, and I went, wow, God, I'm sorry. I know I can trust you. You've proven yourself to me. I was at a church one time that we had built a new campus, a new building, and we moved into the new building, and Things were going great, and it wasn't too long before we realized that 
the building was costing a little more than we thought it was going to cost, and so everybody had to take a pay cut. So across the board, it was a 10% pay cut. And I remember saying to God, God, I'm tithing. Why am I getting a pay cut? And the Lord said to me, he says, Andy, I'm going to stretch your faith within this time. I could just give you what you're giving, but you're not going to grow in this area. So I'm going to stretch your faith and see what you're going to do. So I said, all right, God. So my wife and I, we prayed about it and we felt like, okay, you know what? I'm going to keep tithing on the 10% pay cut that I got. I'm going to keep tithing. I'm going to keep trusting God as if I still had it, but I'm going to keep tithing on that amount. And so we did so. And only for about a month later, my wife comes home and she says something to me. She goes, um, guess what? I got, I got a raise. I said, really? What kind of raise did you get? And it was more than the 10% that I had lost in my job. Yeah, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But I've learned that God is trying to establish something in our life. That the moments that we trust him with our finances is the moments that he proves himself trustworthy. That we can't trust him. God's patient with us and he's wanting us to walk through this journey and he'll walk with us and he'll be patient with us in this journey when he says, test me in this because he wants us to be willing to give. But then the receiving comes. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. You see, God responds to our giving by opening up opportunities to receive divine provision both directly and indirectly. Luke chapter 6 says this, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will it be poured into your lap? For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It was our uh, first missions pledge my wife and I were making. We were a young couple that um, had a very fixed income. And... um, so we were making this missions pledge and it was called a faith promise pledge. Some of you may remember faith promise pledges where churches would invite people to pray about an amount that they would give toward missions over the next year. And that's how the church set up their missions budget based on those pledges. And so my wife and I sat down and what, what should we give? And so we had decided that, you know, we could probably do $50 a month that we'd give to missions. So we wrote out our card and And later on that night, God began to speak to me. And uh, he said, Andy, uh, I want to talk to you about your pledge. I want you to give a pledge in proportion to the blessing that you want to receive. Huh. Okay, so I began to pray about it. And I went to my wife and I said, honey, I think we need to up our pledge. She goes, what do you think we should do? And I said, I think we should give $250 a month. And she said to me something which she would say to me very often over our marriage. Did you really hear God say that? Yeah, I, I, yeah, okay. So we made this $250 pledge and a couple months later or so it came by and my wife comes home and she goes, guess what? I said, what? She goes, I got a bonus. I said, really, what kind of bonus? It more than covered the $250 a month pledge for that year. Wow. Okay. Later on that year, we were married about a year, coming up to our one-year anniversary. 
And we had this missionary come to our church and he was raising money uh, for Bible schools that he was uh, building in different countries. And so he had come and, and shared that morning. We had an evening service, came that evening and we took an offering before he preached that evening. And, and I go and I sit down and I feel God say, I want you to take a second offering for him to help him get over this threshold. He needs to raise this money for this project, this Bible school. So I remember he's preaching and I'm sitting down and I'm okay, God, what do you want me to give? And my wife wasn't there that night. She was home not feeling well. And so I was just by myself and I said, Lord, what do you want, want us to do? And, and um, I feel God say, I want you to give $1,000. Now, I'm sitting there in that moment going, um, what $1,000? Now, I knew I had $1,000 that I'd been saving up some money to take my wife on our first wedding anniversary to take a weekend cruise. And so I knew I had this money and he's like, that $1,000. And I'm like, and in the rest of the service, I couldn't tell you a thing the guy said in his message because I was arguing with God about how important it was to bless my wife and our marriage for her first anniversary and how important this cruise would be to bless our marriage and telling God the importance of, of, of blessing your spouse in your marriage. And I remember having this argument with God and the very conclusion, God said, hey, just trust me. I said, all right, God. So I fill that envelope and give $1,000. I came home that night. My wife was in bed, and uh, she goes, how was the service? I said, yeah, it's good. I said, we took a second offering for the guy. And he goes, yeah. She goes, did we give? I said, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, what do we give? And I said, and I muttered, $1,000. <laughs> she goes, how much? I said, $1,000. And she said to me, did you really hear God say that? I said, yeah, I did. Okay. I remember, I can vividly remember her putting the covers over her head and saying goodnight. (laughs) I remember walking out of the room going, God, you better show up. (laughs) Jesus, you better show up. A couple weeks later, my wife comes home and she says, guess what? I said, what? She goes, I got a raise. How much? More than covered the $1,000 commitment that we had made huh god you're uh you're doing some weird things some awesome things got to the point that my wife would come home and she'd say hey andy did you give to something (laughs) and i'd go um oh yeah i'm sorry i forgot to tell you i gave to some it was some missionary or some project or something and she went i thought so i'd say why she goes because i got a raise and out of the blue. These weren't like annual raises. They would just be out of the blue. And we began to realize that as we trusted God and as we, we trusted him in what he called us to do, we'd do it and then we would receive. And we would receive. And why did we receive, really is to understand the next point, was because God wanted to prosper us. That your vats will brim over with new wine. See, God desires that we receive abundantly and have more than enough so as to become liberal givers. God wants to prosper you for a purpose. He wants to let blessings flow through you for a purpose. Acts 20 says this, In everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, It's more blessed to give 
than it is to receive. Our church was building this new campus at the time, and we were coming to a one-year uh, pledge that we, the church was invited to make, a pledge to give in this, uh, in this offering. And so as this pledge was uh, going out, uh, we began to pray, God, what would you have us give? What would you have us do, Lord? And so my wife and I were praying about it, and we just had come up to this number. And it was the biggest number because we had never, ever given a pledge of this amount before. And uh, so we both felt like we're supposed to give $10,000 to this building pledge. And so we prayed about it, and so we wrote out our pledge, and we turned it in. About a month later, my wife came home. And she said, guess what? I said, what? She goes, I got a bonus. And it was not bonus time. It was just this extra bonus that had just happened. And she'll go, she said, you'll never guess how much it is. She goes, it's $10,000. And I went, wow. And her first words were, we can pay off our pledge now. My first words were, or we could put it in the bank and get interest on it because it's not due for a year. And as soon as I said that, the Holy Spirit said, I can bless you now or a year from now. How do you want to do it? And I sat there going, wow. Okay, God. And I said to her, honey, you're right. We asked God for the ability to do this. He gave us the ability. Let's give it. We gave it. And um, so that was, the next day was Wednesday. That Wednesday morning, I went into the church. I paid off our pledge, the accounting office, and that night we had a Bible study. And so I walk into the Bible study, and this guy is there, and he hands me this envelope, and the service has started, so I just put the envelope in my Bible and went into the service, and service is over. I open my Bible, open the envelope, and in the envelope was $3,000 cash. So I thought, well, that's kind of odd. There's no writing on it. So I took a pen and, and the envelope, went over to the guy. I said, hey, what's this offering for? And he goes, what's for you? I said, yeah, me, what do you like missions or? He goes, no, for you personally. I said, for me? He goes, hey, I don't know. All I know is this morning, God told me to give you this money. So you do whatever you want with it. It's for you personally. All of a sudden I sit there and I am dumbfounded with the reality of this. I didn't know, I don't know a bank that was gonna pay me $3,000 interest in one day. That morning when I gave that money is the same morning that God told him, I want you to bless Andy. So I'm, wow. So I took the money and I put it in my pocket and I, right after church, I had a meeting with this couple and they were wanting to talk about some ministry opportunities and, and um, the conversation had kind of switched from ministry opportunities to kind of the, some hardships they were dealing with and they were struggling financially. I said, well, what's the big financial struggle? And they said, well, we don't know how we're going to make our mortgage payment this month. I said, well, how much do you need? And they said, we need $1,000. We're short $1,000. I sat there and I reached in my pocket and pulled out $1,000. And I said, here you go. They began to weep. They said, what? And I said, 
This wasn't mine an hour ago. And I know why it's given to me. So I could bless you. So here you go. And they cheerfully, tearfully accepted it as God's provision in their life. I came home. My wife didn't even know about this money. And I came home and told her about what had happened. We both felt like we were supposed to give this money away. And over the next couple of weeks, we found ourselves in conversations with people that they were struggling with this and needed 400. And we're like, well, here you go. God bless you. Oh, I need a couple. Of, here you go. And the next two weeks, we, that money was just given away. And it was so fun to give away money that wasn't mine. And God said, hey, Andy, it's never been yours. Everything I give you is not yours. I want the blessing to flow through you. And we began to realize that God prospers us for a purpose. To be his hand extended. To bless other people. Because God is trying to do something. He's trying to develop trust. You see, here's the point of all of it. It's not about the money. It's all about the trust. It's not about the money. God simply uses the tool of money to establish this place that he's trustworthy and he can develop that trust. And all of a sudden, he calls us to the next thing and he says, now I want you to do this. And we find ourselves in this next adventure with God and we're wondering, God, can I do this? Can you do this? And God goes, remember what I did with the money? Remember what I did with your treasures? Oh yeah, God, I remember Okay, if you could do that, you can do this. God, if you could make a way in my life here, you can make a way in my life there. Okay, God, I trust you. It's not about the money. It's about the trust. Getting us to that point that if I can trust God with my treasure, I'll trust him with anything. That's what he's trying to do with us. I was at a church uh, for about 13 years and all of a sudden in my time there at the end of 13 years God says okay it's time to go and I remember saying okay God where do you want me to go he said I just want you to go I said where he said go where go where go where go I argued a little bit so finally I said okay God um you want me to quit my job with no potential next job, but you said it, and I can trust you, so I'll go. So I quit my job and, okay, began to look for the next opportunity, and one month went by, two months goes by, and I'm starting to sweat a little bit. My son's starting school, uh, college, in about a month, and I'm looking at that, and not a potential job around the future. And I'm like, God, did I read you right? God, are you going to come through? Some of you, maybe you've been out of work for a period of time, and you know what that feels like. The uncertainty of the future and the pressing bills and, 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 and uh, issues in front of you. And I was in that place. Okay, God, I believe you, but I'm starting to waver a little bit. So I went to Costco. That's a good place to go when you need to feel rich because you get all those free samples. And... 
So I went to Costco and I uh, got some stuff and I rolled up to the register and I start putting my stuff on the conveyor belt thing there. And, and this guy walks up behind me, a guy I knew, and he goes, hey, Andy, I heard you left the church right. I said, yeah. He goes, where are you going? I said, I have no idea. I'm still praying about that, seeking God. And he goes, yeah. And uh, so it's now my turn to pay. I, I, I'm looking for my card. I can't find my card. And I must have dropped my card somewhere. And so I had to leave my stuff and everything. And I went panicking through the store, trying to find this card. And finally went up to the membership counter. I said, hey, I lost my membership card. And they go, oh, is this it? Somebody found it and brought it to him. I said, oh, great, thank you. And I went to the counter, uh, the register again to pay for my stuff. And my stuff's gone. My friend was gone. And so I said, oh, did you put my stuff back? He goes, oh, no, your friend paid for it. It's right there. Two thoughts hit me in that moment. The first thought was, man, I should have got more stuff. <laughs> the second was the Holy Spirit. Telling me this. You can trust me. I got you. If I can pay your bill at Costco, I can take care of everything. I got you, Andy. I called the guy up. I said, hey, I just want to thank you for paying for my stuff. You don't know what that did for me. In that moment, he goes, well, you know, you had left and I just felt like I was supposed to buy your stuff, so I bought it. And then I left that Costco and I was going to a sporting goods store because I do kayaking and I have a, a dry suit. And my dry suit has a, they have 10 year warranty and the seams were coming apart. And it's like I was right over the warranty and I thought, well, we'll just take it back and see. And so I took my suit in and they looked at it and they said, oh man, it's 10 year warranty and you're right over your warranty. But you know what? We're just going to exchange it. You go ahead and pick up another suit and we'll exchange it for you. He goes, so I went and I bought your stuff because I felt like I was supposed to only to leave to get a 1500 blessing with this new suit. So, you know what? God blessed me as I blessed you. See, that's what God does. He wants to prosper us for a purpose that we can bless other people. And he wants to develop trust in us. So when his word says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Tithing doesn't make physical, economic sense. In our understanding, we should invest it in something else. But when we invest it in God, what happens is he blesses so we could be a blessing. Here's what I want you to understand about this. I love sharing these stories because, especially in moments like this, because here's what I want you to understand about God's blessing. It works in your world. All the blessings primarily that have happened in my wife and I in our marriage the last 30 years has been through my wife's job, her secular job. Not through my church jobs, but her secular jobs. The principles work in your world. 
where God moves the hearts of people to respond to your obedience and your trust. You see, I remember a mentor saying to me one time, Andy, you need to preach on giving, not because the church needs the money, but because the people need the blessing. Because if you could get a hold of these truths, it will literally transform your life. It'll take the pressure off. It'll take the tension off. And all of a sudden, there's joy. There's joy. And the conversation comes up with giving. And you're like, okay, God, how do you want to use me this time? And you step out on this adventure of learning how to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And it's phenomenal. So what are the next steps? Well, for some... It's simply trusting the Lord with your heart and inviting Jesus to be Lord of your life. Saying, Jesus, I want to say yes to you today. And you start that journey of forgiveness. And as much as I know how, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. And the journey begins. For others, maybe God's calling you to take that step and you're challenged with the trusting. God, I don't know if I, you, you called me to a new thing. You've called me to do this and and I, I, Lord, I'm struggling with trusting you in that. Are you going to come through? Or maybe for some of you today, it's trusting God with your tithe. You've not tithed, you've tipped. I'm a tipper, not a tither. I remember a guy saying to me one time, and this was so new to him, the concept. He goes, hey, pastor, I, want, I started doing that tithe thing. I said, tithe? You mean tithe? He goes, yeah. He goes, usually I'd come to church and I would, you know, I'd just give whatever was in my pocket. But then he started talking about this principle of tithing, giving God first fruits and 10%. So I went home and I calculated what my tithe would be. And you know what? I gave it. And I got to tell you what, this has been the best week of my life. I said, what do you mean? He goes, man, it's like my gas goes longer. I usually got to fill up twice a week. It's now once a week. He's like, it's like the milk lasts longer. And it's like, and I just can't explain it. I've just been blessed this week. And it's all because I said, God, I'm going to trust you. Maybe that's where you're at today. Time to start trusting him. Time to start testing him. Because he said it. Test me in this and see if I don't pour out so much blessing in your life. You can't contain it. I want to pray for you this morning as we take that journey together. Father, I pray, Lord, for each person here today. Lord, you know exactly where each person is. Lord, I pray for those today who would, for the first time, say, yes, Jesus, I invite you into my life. And as they, in simple faith, say, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. And as much as I know how, I make you Lord of my life. And I pray, Father, you will rush into their life and be their very best friend and be the forgiver of their soul. I pray for others, Lord God, who are struggling with trust today, that you'll give them, Lord God, the encouragement they need to take those steps. And I pray for others, Lord God, who they're going to start testing you. They're going to start testing you, Lord, and they want to see what you're able to do. And I pray as they test you, Father, that you will step out and you will blow their minds with your ability to bless their life in multiple situations. God, prove yourself faithful again as we trust you with all of our heart today. In Jesus' name, amen.